12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time to check in with ABC News journalist Jason Dacey, who's based in Brisbane, to get the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing fine. Hi, Adrian, and hello, lunchtime to all the Money FM listeners uh, on this Wednesday across Singapore. It is a very important week out in Australia. The federal election it takes place on Saturday, May 21st, with the opposition party Labour holding a commanding lead. Now, they are predicted to win 80 House seats compared to 63 for the current Prime Minister Scott Morrison's Liberal National Party. What's the sort of atmosphere like in Australia? Just, uh, you know, we're almost there. The big question is, Adrian, can Scott Morrison do what he did three years ago when all the polls said he'd lose soundly to then Labour leader Bill Shorten? It's a similar picture now with the latest Labour advantage looking very, very strong as we get closer to that Saturday vote. Uh, It's 38% primary vote for Labour, 35% for the Coalition, 11% for the Greens. But with preferences, this would give uh, Labour a comfortable victory on Saturday. And Scott Morrison is uh, trying to turn things around just as he did three years ago. But the uh, belief here is he won't be able to do it this time. He's too far behind. And, uh, you know, I've seen three leaders debates over the last couple of weeks. Didn't make any real inroads there, did Scott Morrison. So Anthony Albanese in line to become Australia's next prime minister after the vote on Saturday. Yeah, his popularity rating has also dropped. A very crucial week for Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Speaking of the man himself, he's unveiled a controversial plan for home buyers to use their retirement assets to buy first homes at the election launch in Brisbane. Why has he gone through with this and how are the people reacting to this latest decision? Well, this was uh, something that came out of the election launch in Brisbane last Sunday, less than six days before this Saturday's vote. It's similar in some ways to what Singaporeans can do with their CPF using the superannuation, which is the equivalent of CPF, uh, for a deposit to buy a house. And we all know about the Australian house market being very hot at the moment. And people can access a proportion of their superannuation to put towards a deposit up to $50,000. But the problem with this is that people believe that it will just make the property market here even hotter. It will add to inflationary pressures. So it hasn't gone down so well uh, across the board. You know, in principle, it's a good idea to try and help young people buy their first home. It only uh, will apply to first home buyers. But even, you know, Malcolm Turnbull, a former Liberal Prime Minister, isn't really uh, very enthusiastic about this. Uh, He didn't attend the launch when this was launched uh, on Sunday. Uh, Yeah, so I'd say... It's something that Scott Morrison is trying to do to try and turn around his fortunes, but I'm not sure if it will work. Yeah, very interesting to see what actually comes out of all of this. And someone else who's been in the news is Deputy Premier Josh Frydenberg, the current treasurer. He faces strong threat from uh, the independent Monique Ryan in the traditionally strong liberal seat of Kuyong in Melbourne. How is he, you know, bracing himself for what's to come? Well, he's been very active. He's really trying to put in the hard yards as we get towards Saturday's uh, vote. Uh, but he's got a really strong challenge by the uh, independent uh, that you mentioned, Dr. Monique Ryan, who was actually a member of the Labour Party for three years, uh, about uh, a dozen years ago, but she's an independent 
and she's going on the climate change platform. Uh, but all the polls say that Josh Frydenberg, who's one of the stars of the Liberal Party, being the treasurer, the deputy, uh, uh, the deputy leader of the Liberal Party, he is in real uh, trouble at the moment, uh, given what the polls are saying. And he's even hiring human billboards, paying them $30 an hour to wear these billboards, these people walking around Kuyong, which is a a very affluent part of Melbourne, um, you know, promoting what Josh Frydenberg's policies are. So, uh, yeah, it's not a nice fight because uh, both sides are throwing some mud. Uh, I would say that Josh Frydenberg is in big trouble. And, and the disappointing thing about this for neutrals like myself is that if Josh Frydenberg loses his seat, a moderate voice within the Liberal National Party will depart and that means the more right-wing elements of the uh, coalition will come to the fore, which I don't think is a good thing for politics in general across Australia. Again, as we spoke about two weeks ago, it's pushing the Liberal National Party towards the GOP in the United States as being a very right-wing party when it used to be a very big tent, as they say, where people of many um, beliefs and philosophies could uh, could be part of the Liberal National Party. Yeah, really looking forward to what's to come as it uh, seems like it's all change over in Australia. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist based in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from down under. Moving away from politics, let's talk about another event that's kind of rocked the nation. We're talking about flooding in Queensland, destroying crops. We've also done a lot about the fires, but the floods as well, really taking a toll on the area of Queensland. Yeah, you, the Money FM listeners will remember our updates uh, back in February and March when um, much of Queensland and northern New South Wales was devastated by these floods. And this is only you know a couple of months ago and it's happening again. Not as bad, but there are certain areas north of Brisbane uh, the Lockyer Valley area, which is a bit inland, and also the town of Gympie, which was hit very badly last time on the edges of the Sunshine Coast. We're seeing more uh, problems with floods. The cleanup is underway. But again, we have to ask ourselves, why are these uh, extreme weather events happening so often? You know, it used to be every dozen years or every 20 years. Now we're seeing it every few months. And when I got back from uh, Singapore in 2019, you'll remember that it was uh, the drought season and and we didn't see rain for months and months. And it was uh, the bushfires that we saw at the end of 2019 going into 2020. So that's just a couple of years ago. And now we've had the wettest year that I can remember here in Brisbane. It's been raining, honestly, for the last couple of weeks. It's another week uh, to go, according to the Weather Bureau. So very strange weather patterns. We're coming into winter now and we get very humid and and reminded me of Singapore actually yesterday. I went for a walk with my wife, very muggy, very overcast, very humid. And again, this is supposed to be a dry and sunny time of the year. Winter begins on the 1st of June, which is just a few days away. So very strange weather patterns and uh, the whole of uh, Queensland just is wondering what's going to happen next. Sad news, but we move on to even worse news, this time in the world of sports and cricket. Former Australian player and two-time World Cup winner Andrew Simons was killed in a car crash at the age of 46. This follows news earlier this year when the Australian great Shane Warne also passed away from a heart attack. Also Rodney Marsh. But this 
is even more interesting because I remember reading that post that Simons put out there on Instagram when Shane Warne passed away and he said, you know, he just hopes that it's all a bad dream and he can't get his head around to never seeing Warney again. He was speechless and, uh, you know, he conveyed his love. But, um, you know, devastating to say the least because anyone who watched Andrew Simons growing up like myself and you as well, Jason, he was an exceptional talent. He really was. This was really sad news that happened over the weekend. The former Australian cricket star and all-rounder Andrew Simons, who was actually born in the UK, could have represented England, but was a, a superstar across uh, all formats of cricket. He died in a single vehicle car crash in North Queensland. It happened just outside Townsville, where he lived in retirement, had a couple of kids. Uh, the police say that he was driving on uh, Harvey Range Road near Alice River Bridge shortly after 11 p.m., when his car left the road and rolled over. Emergency service workers getting to the scene tried to revive him. He died there. And, you know, you can imagine the outpouring of grief because just like Shane Warne, he was a bit of a bad boy of Australian cricket. He get, got in trouble a lot. He wasn't uh, doing things by the book. But really, when you win two World Cups and when you can change the course of games with your natural talent, it, it is something very, very upsetting. And, and someone remarked that, there's a great cricket team assembling in heaven with all Australian superstars that have died over the last couple of years. You mentioned Shane Warne, there's Andrew Simons, Rod Marsh, and of course, Dean Jones, who um, has come through Singapore. I worked with him over the years uh, when I was a sports broadcaster. He died just about 18 months ago at the age of 59. So yeah, a lot of um, high profile athletes in the sport of cricket dying. And, you know, he was a proud Queenslander, Andrew Simons, and we've seen some memorials for him around the town of Townsville, the city of Townsville that many Singaporeans might be familiar with, not too far away from Cairns and the Great Barrier Reef here in the great state of Queensland. Yeah, devastating. He was a player that you'd want on your team, as the former captain Ricky Ponting said, a man of his word. If you were the opposition, well, you could be in a lot of trouble because he could hit that cricket ball a very long way. And, you know, remarkable all-rounder, fielder, just an exceptional talent. And, um, you know, just very, I'm devastated, actually, uh, to say the least. But moving on to something a little bit, you know, more pleasant. Queensland tried to get backpackers to return with cut-price bus pass from uh, the southern states of New South Wales and Victoria. How's this shaping up? Yeah, this is very interesting because, uh, as I mentioned, it is getting a bit cold in the southern states. Uh, Melbourne and Sydney getting quite cold temperatures. I think the top temperature in Melbourne this week is about 19 degrees. So we saw a launch earlier this week at Bondi Beach in Sydney, a famous, most famous beach in Australia, probably. We had um, a full-size Greyhound Australia coach wrapped in an image of two snorkelers exploring the Great Barrier Reef. And some dignitaries were there. The Queensland Tourism Minister, Sterling Hinchliffe, was there launching Working Holidayer, which is trying to get uh, backpackers from the southern states uh, to come up to Queensland and, and enjoy the Sunshine State. And as you mentioned, there is a, a cut price bus ticket. I think it's $299 for a Greyhound Australia Working Holidayer Pass, 30 days of coach travel in Queensland over three months for the first 1,000 people. And there's also a $200 voucher for Queensland tourism experiences as well. So that's a pretty good deal. If you're a Singaporean, you know, flying to Australia for the first time after a couple of years with all those lockdowns and, you know, border restrictions, you can jump on a bus and explore Queensland for not very big expense at all. And, and you know, on the way to Queensland, you can stop at Byron Bay, just south of the border. You can go to the 
Gold Coast, the Sunshine Coast, the surprising city of Brisbane, and then go further north up to, you know, uh, Bundaberg and Mackay, and then up to Townsville, Cairns, the Great Barrier Reef, Port Douglas. There's so much to explore. So, yeah, this is a, a very, uh, I guess, aggressive kind of um, uh, tourism maneuver that they've made uh, Queensland. Something like 16% of tourism revenue for Queensland comes from backpackers. And in, until 2019, we saw so many people come to Australia, whether it's from Singapore, Malaysia, Korea. That's a big place where a lot of uh, people traveled from, Japan. But we've seen those numbers really dwindle. Uh, so this initiative is trying to get people who may be coming to the southern states from overseas to consider Queensland and also for domestic tourists, for the ones uh, in you know, Victoria and New South Wales to get on that bus and come up to warmer weather here in Queensland. Sounds like a relief because everyone can travel once more without as many uh, restrictions. I mean, it's still, there is hassle involved, but this is a great initiative from people over at Queensland. And uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of Singaporeans will certainly uh, take up this offer and, uh, you know, look forward uh, to that great Australian holiday. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist based in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from down under. Jason, thank you so much for your time and look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks very much, Adrian, and uh, do follow that federal election. I'm sure The Straits Times is going to have some very comprehensive coverage on Sunday. I can't wait. It's going to be very interesting. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.